Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. <clears throat> AT&T connects an O to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. Hundreds of thousands of people are calling for the pardon of a convicted killer after the Netflix series Making a Murderer exposed possible flaws in the case that put him behind bars. We have Stephen Avery in custody, though. Making a Murderer tells the story of Stephen Avery. He's the Wisconsin man who served 18 years in prison for rape before being exonerated in 2003. We, the jury, find the defendant guilty only to find himself in prison again on a murder conviction in 2007. I didn't know what to do or how to handle it. Many viewers can Included Avery was framed by authorities who lied and planted evidence. Stephen Avery is right where he needs to be, uh, in prison. I think he was innocent, is innocent. It turned into a documentary, I guess you should call it a documentary, Netflix making a murderer. But what is the real story behind the brutal sex assault and murder of a 25-year-old photographer, Teresa Hallback? 
the very latest in the saga of Stephen Avery and his nephew, Brendan Dassey, who now both insist they're innocent, but I know different. I know a different story because I was lied straight to my face. Right now, a legal motion in court as the courts bring down the hammer. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. The truth about what happened to Teresa Hallback. I want to go right now to Detective Tom Fassbender, who worked on the case, actually took one of Brandon Dassey's many, many confessions. Also with me is Brenda, who is a Dassey case expert working with Fassbender, and John Lee, reporter, retired from the Post Crescent in Appleton, Wisconsin, Detective Tom Fassbender, thank you so much for being with us. The reality is that Brendan Dassey gave multiple confessions. He confessed to his mother on the phone. He confessed to his cousin, Kayla. He confessed to police. He confessed on a videotape confession by his own defense attorney. But let's take it from the beginning, Tom. Tell me about the case for those of for those listeners just joining us, how did it all start? Nancy, thanks for having me on. Um, the case started basically with uh, a missing person, uh, Teresa Halbach, being uh, missing. And from there, it went into a homicide investigation when her vehicle was found on Stephen Avery's, or the Avery salvage yard where Stephen Avery lived. And uh, from there, the evidence kept mounting, uh, pointing directly at Stephen Avery, and uh, the evidence speaks for itself. He was ultimately convicted of the of the uh, murder of Teresa Halbach and his nephew, who he invited to help uh, with the abduction, sex assault, and murder, uh, was also convicted uh, based on uh, Brendan Dassey's statements that she that he made, the multiple statements you already referred to. This is what we know. Teresa Halbach was an amateur photographer. Then she started taking photos for the local auto trader. You know, you've seen those magazines at the grocery store when you walk in of all of the cars for sale, used cars. She had gone to Stephen Avery, the subject of Making a Murderer on Netflix, before to take pictures at his auto salvage lot. And she hated it. She said he was super creepy and didn't want to go back. Well, to keep her job and keep going as a professional photographer, she goes back. She's never seen alive again. Parts of her bones and teeth were found in a, quote, fire pit in Stephen Avery's back lot just outside his office of his auto salvage lot. Her car had been dragged to the back of his lot and concealed with plywood and tree limbs. Stephen Avery's DNA was on Teresa Hallback's car, including on the ignition. A bullet fragment covered in Teresa Hallback's DNA was found in Stephen Avery's garage. 
but at the time, police did not know what had become of Teresa. I started covering this case when Teresa was just a missing person. Take a listen to what Stephen Avery, the target, the star of Netflix making a murderer, said to me. Stephen, I understand that Teresa came to your auto salvage lot to take photos for the auto trader, correct? Yes, she did. She came down by me. Okay, and Stephen, it's my understanding that also you state that you saw her car leave. Yes, I did. About what time? Between, she was there between 2 and 2.30. 2.30 in the afternoon. Okay, Stephen, how is it that her car could get all the way back in this pit area where there is, uh, well, I believe we're showing it right now. I mean, wouldn't she have to pass back by the office again? Well, on the the outskirts of the office, otherwise back by me or back by Redon's pit in the corner is all open. It's all open. Yeah, everybody can drive in there. Mr. Avery, did you see anyone else come in, anyone unusual that didn't belong there? Well, Thursday night, me and my brother had to go to, to Menard to pick up some wood with the flatbed. And I seen taillights back by me, where it supposed to be. Yeah. But we turned around, and we went back there, truck parked on the side, and I took the flashlight out of the flatbed. Okay. And I looked around by me and behind me, but I didn't see none. That is from CNN's HLN program that I hosted for many, many years. So he lied outright, Tom Fassbender. I mean, the reality of what happened to Teresa Hallback is that she went to go take the pictures. He overcame her. He tied her up and chained her to a bed, cut off her hair, stripped her, raped her brought over his nephew, told him to, quote, have sex with her. Brendan Dassey also raped her as she begged him not to. Then they stabbed her as she screamed and cried and begged him not to. Dassey also stabbed her. Then to make sure she was dead, they shot her then burned her body, using her clothes to wipe up her own blood, threw her clothes on top of her naked body on a fire pit out in the backyard of the auto salvage lot, and then piled things like tires and whatever was around on top of that to make sure her body burned. In the fire, in the days that followed, police found bits of her bones, teeth, and the studs off the back of her Daisy Fuentes jeans. Venu Varghese, former prosecutor and criminal defense attorney, you handle appeals and post-conviction motions. Explain to me why he believes he should have a new trial. I'm talking about the nephew, Brendan Dassey who the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals just rejected. First of all, Nancy, the evidence is not overwhelming against Dassey. There is no DNA linking him that shows that he was involved in any rape. There, the issue of the confession is here. And with all due respect to the detective, the confession stinks. There was a lot of evidence that was fed to him, to a kid who was 16 years old, 
who has a very low IQ. Now, hold on. Wait a minute, Vinu. Wait a minute. You, are you talking about the confession that never came into court, taken by his own defense attorney, who, when he saw the case, said, we got to get you a deal, Dassey. And he took a video interview with leading questions and egging him on to give an answer to use to give the prosecutors to show that Brendan Dassey would be a great witness for the state against Stephen Avery. No, that's, then when Kaczynski leaves the case, that is what happened, and that never came in front of the jury. But that's not what I'm talking about, Nancy. I'm talking about what came in front of the jury. You have gaps. You have all these leading questions for somebody, for a kid. Think about it. Imagine if your kid didn't have the same capacity as somebody else, and he's being fed answers. And every time that he – and he's being told, look, things will be okay. And at one point, he's like, can I get back to school? And so the, you know, the, the Supreme Court of the United States found that executions of juveniles are, was cruel and unusual punishment and outlawed. That's not even an issue. He's not even no. facing the death penalty. No, he's not. He's not. What I'm saying here, though, is that so why are you bringing it up? Also, I'm telling you, the Supreme Court should, that, should find that interrogations of juveniles, particularly those with a low mental capacity, should, is cruel and unusual. I mean, this is a kid who's well Oh, okay. So if you have a low IQ and you're 16 and you rape a woman There's tied no up and chained no to a bed and then stab that. her dead, we don't want to take your confession. Because just so you know, the mother came with him. Then the mother gave permission to speak for police to speak to him. The first few times that they spoke to him, they thought he was just a witness that knew something. Then he implicated himself. He confessed on a recorded phone conversation to his mother. He confessed to a cousin, Kayla. And very, very important is that his confessions match the physical evidence. So unless he's a clairvoyant, he would not know those details. Detective Tom Fassbender, I'd like to hear your response to Vinu Varghese. Thank you, Nancy. Uh, the interview in question that he is referring to is exactly that. It started out as an interview until Brendan Dassey essentially blew us away with some admissions that he made, beginning with the, the fact that he said he raped Teresa Halbach at the urging of Stephen Avery less than 50 minutes into the interview. Uh, and and I, I stress, this is a soft interview, no yelling, no deprivation of uh, basic necessities. And he mentions that, that information was fed to him. There were times when uh, information was fed to him and there were some leading questions, but I can go through that interview and show just as many instances of him providing information to us that, that we had no idea he was going to provide essentially, like I said, blowing us away, and also many instances where he resisted any type of suggestion and denied involvement, such as him actually shooting Teresa. He vehemently denied that and did not change his mind, uh, and in many other instances, including control question, that, that he denied any knowledge of. Um, so I, well, I disagree. The reality is, Tom, the reality is if he had stuck with Kaczynski, who was trying to cut a deal for him, he'd probably be up for parole right now. Uh, I don't know that he would get it the first time around, but he would probably already be up for parole right now. 
But instead, he launched a defense that he gave a false confession and that he really got the idea for everything he was saying because he read the book, Kiss the the Girls. Yeah, I mean, if you're that low of an IQ that he's claiming, I don't know how you could get through Kiss the Girls. Wasn't that turned into a movie with Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman? I mean, he said he, on his own, read the book, Kiss the Girls, and then created and masterminded the defense and masterminded his statement, his so-called confession, and that the confession was false. That is what he told the jury. His new defense attorney put him up on the stand and told the jury that he was not involved, that they made him get a confession, although nobody yelled at him, beat him, deprived him of food or water. His mommy was outside the door and one of them. Uh, that that was all a big lie and that really the truth is, this is what he said on the stand, that he read the book, Kiss the Girls, and then came up with a confession. That That's where he got the idea. It's amazing that the forensic evidence fits with his confession, but not with the book, Kiss the Girls. I want to pause very briefly and thank our sponsors, our partners making today's program on Sirius XM 132 possible as we give you the bombshell news that the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals has rejected making a murderer Brendan Dassey's claim that he's innocent and was forced to give a confession and really based it all on a book he read. I want to take this moment and thank our partner for making our program possible today, Super Beats. Well, if you're like me, you don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about your circulation, but I can tell you this. When I gave birth to the twins and got blood clots in my lungs, that made me think about circulation. So you really should think about it. And here's why. Good circulation is crucial to energy and stamina. And let me tell you something, working full-time and raising the twins, I need energy. Now, here's the thing. Good circulation gets oxygen and nutrients flowing through your body so you can exercise longer, you can do more every day, and you recover more quickly when you need to. But what can you do to promote healthy circulation? Okay, get ready. Drink Super Beats. That's right. I said Super Beats. When I first said it, my son thought it was a headset, and my daughter agreed. It's not a headset. Super Beats promotes the body's own natural ability to produce healthy circulation. To increase energy and stamina all day long, Super Beats is made from beets that are grown to very exacting standards. Then they're concentrated into superfood crystals. So if you want to improve your circulation, call 800-516-0683 or go to nancysbeets.com. Now listen to this. With the first order, you get an extra 30-day supply of Super Beats free, plus these indicator strips that show you how Super Beats is working for you, plus free shipping. Now, there's a deal. Go to nancysbeats.com or call 800-516-0683. I'm all about increasing my energy, and I love Super Beats. And I want to thank Super Beats for being with us today and being our partner Joining me right now is John Lee, 
a reporter retired from the Post Crescent in Appleton, Wisconsin. John Lee, thank you so much for being with us, along with Detective Tom Fassbender, Brenda, and Vinu Varghese. John Lee, you know the most recent ruling that has just come down from the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals rejecting Netflix making a murderer star Brendan Dassey, along with his uh, uncle Stephen Avery. What do you make of it, John Lee? There's a few things. Number one, um, when I talked to the attorneys from Northwestern from day one, and the Northwestern University attorneys took this case after no attorney in Wisconsin would take it, uh, mainly because of what Wisconsin pays public defenders. Uh, But number two, and I mentioned it to Tom once, um, Brendan's uh, testimony that he got the information from Kiss the Girls, uh, he disputed that to me. I interviewed Brendan at the county jail in Manitowoc right after his conviction, and he called me about a month or six weeks later from prison after I had sent a note. And uh, one of the things he told me is that before he went to prison, he had never read a book. Um, But once he got to prison, somebody sent him a collection of Harry Potter books that he has started to read. But that was just completely counter to his testimony that he got this information. Okay, hold on. John Lee, wait, you're telling me something brand new. So his claim that he got up on the stand under oath and told the jury that he had a false confession, a coerced confession. He had nothing to do with Teresa Hallback's rape and murder and that he based everything he said on a book he read, Kiss the Girls, which was later turned into a movie with Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman, which I saw. Now, are you telling me John Lee? Uh, John Lee is former reporter with the Post Crescent. You're telling me that He's telling you he's never read Kiss the Girls. That's exactly what he told me. Um, I've done somewhere over 400 stories on this case. I started in uh, Michigan the weekend they found the car and interviewed Brendan two or three times after his convictions. And he had told me then when we had talked about it. Um, another thing to take in mind is where his attorney says he's a special needs student he had some special classes, but he was basically in mainstream classes. And I, from what I remember at the trial, um, when he was picked up for the last time by uh, Tom and Mark Wiegert and, and gave the last, uh, or the uh, interview at the Manitowoc Sheriff's Department, he was in driver's ed. That's not a special ed student. He may be low intelligence, but he is not special ed wait a minute okay this is counter john lee to everything the defense has been saying i mean i i I was stunned when i found out different things about brendan dassey that would suggest he is not as low of an iq as they wanted me to believe but now i'm hearing he's in mainstream classes i mean was the whole thing an act john lee i mean when I say Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey raped her and killed her and burned her body, everybody acts like I'm the devil. But that is what the facts show. And he was in mainstream classes for a majority of his classes. There's a couple other things to bring out. Number one, 
is, and I don't think it was admitted at trial, but Tom and Mark Wiegert also investigated a threat that Brendan made to a high school girl who was picking on him. And Brendan said, if you don't want you, you're going to end up like Teresa. The other thing is, I found it to be one of the most repulsive things I've seen in a confession is when after he raped Teresa and walked out in the living room where his uncle was sitting, he told his uncle what he did. And Avery told him today, Brendan, you became a man. I'm just sick. I'm just sick about what she went through. I mean, the kid is not smart, but he's not what we used to call retarded. The fact that she was screaming and crying to beg them not to do this thing. And, John, why did they have to cut her hair off? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. You know, the other thing when they talk about suggestibility and he being uh, conned into a, a confession is there was a day-long hearing before the trial on admitting that testimony. Uh, there was a psychologist from Northern Illinois, I think Rockford, and I, his name escapes me now, that testified. That was all part of the trial script transcript and it was rebutted by the uh, prosecution you know i'm just listening to everything that you're saying brenda you have been working as a dassey case expert what is your take on dassey's claim that this was a forced coercion and he did not rape or murder Teresa hallback my take is that he absolutely did i agree with you a hundred percent and I know Venu was mentioning before that there really wasn't any evidence that supported it outside of his confession. Uh, I don't agree with that. My take on it is that there was plenty of things that substantiated what his confession said. Now, some of those are circumstantial, of course. But just a couple examples real quick, Nancy. Stephen told Brendan that he cleaned the house trailer. He cleaned it after. That house trailer was cleaned very well. And there are phone calls that state that to Jody a day after where he is telling Jody, his girlfriend, on a recorded jail call that the rug doctor that he had wasn't working and he wanted to know where the receipt was so he could take it back. Well, guess what? That rug doctor was gone and there was a new Bissell in its place. Because that's number one. Number two, bleach jeans. Those were uh, evidence in the trial, Brennan's trial. Okay, number one, he stated he and Stephen were cleaning up a stain in the garage, and it was auto fluids. Okay, who cleans up auto fluids that knows anything about vehicles? You don't. You use kitty litter. You use sand. You absorb the fluid. Who uses bleach? And backing that up, they found bleach containers. They found paint thinner containers, and they found gas. All three things that Brendan said they used to clean up that oil spill. That he eventually did admit with blood. And lastly, he stated he raped and broke up her bones in the fire. Well, guess what they found all around that fire pit? They found a mallet. They found a rake. They found a hole. They found a shovel and a screwdriver. Do most normal people have those things laying around their fire? I don't. Fire pits. So I guess there are a lot of things that are circumstantial that you can't tie together, but they do support the evidence. Well, another thing, Brenda, that another thing, Brenda, that really convinced me um, is that 
he, Brendan Dassey, confessed to his own mother, and it's on a recorded phone conversation. He confessed to friend Kayla, cousin Kayla, um, multiple, multiple corroborating facts go to his confession that he could not have known if he had not been there. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Listen to what he said. This is Dassey, his Avery's nephew. Avery went to go pick up some stuff around the yard. And after that, we, he asked me to come in the house because he wanted to show me something. And he showed me that she was lying on the bed. Her hands were roped up to the bed and her legs were cuffed. And then he told me to have sex with her. So I did because I thought I was not going to get away from him because he was too strong. So I did what he said, and then after that, he untied her and uncuffed her, and then he brought her outside, and before he went outside, he told me to grab her clothes and her shoes. So he went into the garage, and before she went out, when he took her outside, he had tied up her hands and feet, and then was in the garage, and he stabbed her, and then he told me to. And after that, he wanted to make sure she was dead or something. So he shot her five times. And while he was doing that, I wasn't looking because I can't watch that stuff. So I was standing by the big door in the garage. And then after that, he took her outside and we put her on the fire. And we used her clothes to clean up some of the blood. And when we put her in the fire and her clothes, we were standing right by the garage to wait for it to get down. So we threw some of that stuff on it. After it went down, just says it very casually. I want you to hear what his grandfather tells him in a secretly recorded conversation. Now, this is telling Dassey to keep his mouth shut. You stick to your damn guns and say nothing happened. You know, this is. They made me say all of this. Stop that. Yeah. And stick to your guns. And listen to this. Don't go for a pre-bargain or this and that. Yeah. Because you do that, then you're hurting more of you guys. Yeah. You understand that, Brendan? Yeah. Today we are bringing you the very latest on the two stars of Netflix series Making a Murderer. The latest on Stephen Avery and his cousin Brendan Dassey, who were both convicted in the brutal rape and murder of a 25-year-old photographer, Teresa Hallback. I'll never forget it, seeing her picture for the first time and trying to help find her when she was a missing person. The Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals has just rejected Dassey's claims that he was forced to give a confession and he had nothing to do with Hallback's murder and based his whole confession on a book he read. Guys, I want to thank our partners making our program possible. And right now I want to thank 1-800-DENTIST. If you're like everybody else, you've probably had one too many sugary treat over the holiday. And that is why you need to schedule an appointment with an awesome dentist you find using 1-800-DENTIST. The specialists at 1-800-DENTIST match you with a local dentist that suits your dental needs. For a dentist with the very latest technology, find a dentist with CEREC, C-E-R-E-C, CEREC. Dentists can create a high-quality crown 
in a single office visit. No more multiple trips. No more spending gaps of time with gaps in your teeth. With the dentist you find using 1-800-DENTIST, you get the care you need before the year is over. Don't worry about replacing a temporary crown you got in December with a permanent one in January. Usher in the new year with a smile. Learn about CEREC, C-E-R-E-C, and book that appointment today by visiting 1-800-DENTIST.COM slash CEREC. 1-800-DENTIST.COM slash C-E-R-E-C. 1-800-DENTIST.COM slash CEREC. What a great idea to match a local dentist to match your particular dental needs, whether it's a cleaning or a crown or whatever it may be. Thank you, 1-800-DENTIST, for being our partner today. I want you to listen again to what Stephen Avery tells me to my face on CNN's HLN. Stephen, I understand that Teresa came to your auto salvage lot to take photos for the auto trader, correct? Yes, she did. She came down by me. Okay, and Stephen, it's my understanding that also you state that you saw her car leave. Yes, I did. About what time? Between, she was there between 2 and 2.30. 2.30 in the afternoon. Okay, Stephen, how is it that her car could get all the way back in this pit area where there is, uh, well, I believe we're showing it right now. I mean, wouldn't she have to pass back by the office again? Well, on the, on the outskirts of the office, otherwise back by me or back by Redon's pit in the corner is all open. It's all open. Yeah, so, everybody can drive in there. Mr. Avery, did you see anyone else come in, anyone unusual that didn't belong there? Well, Thursday night, me and my brother had to go to, to Menard to pick up some wood with the flatbed, and I seen taillights back by me. Was it supposed to be? Yeah. But we turned around, and we went back there, Chucky parked on the side, and I took the flashlight out of the flatbed, okay. and I looked around by me and behind me, but I didn't see none. To Detective Tom Fassbender, who actually took Brendan Dassey's confession, one of the many confessions, Tom, um, I, I don't know how it turns out, Tom, that we end up to be the bad guys in this scenario. I mean, Teresa Hallback was brutally raped and murdered. And there is no doubt in my mind Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey did it. True, Dassey may have been under Avery's, you know, encouragement. But he did this thing. Nobody made him rape her and stab her and stand there and watch her body bleed. What is the physical evidence? Because Avery also says he's innocent and that he's part of a police frame-up. There was a, a lot of physical evidence, a lot of scientific physical evidence to include Stephen Avery's blood in Teresa Hallbach's RAV4 vehicle. Uh, it was found in many different places throughout the vehicle, including by the ignition switch, which has been mentioned, uh, in different forms, uh, showing that there was an active bleeder in that car. Subsequently, uh, when arresting Stephen Avery, his finger uh, was examined and it had a fairly fresh cut on the finger, uh, which would have been uh, conducive to that type of bleeding. Also, there was a bullet found in the garage 
from Stephen Avery's the 22 caliber rifle that was hanging above Stephen Avery's bed in his bedroom that was forensically matched to that rifle. That bullet fragment also had Stephen Avery or um, Teresa Halbach's DNA on it. Uh, Teresa Halbach's uh, possessions, her camera, her PDA, her uh, telephone, her cell phone were found just outside of Stephen Avery's trailer in his burn barrel, which witnesses saw him go to putting things in that day that Teresa was abducted by him and was burning that day. Those burned remnants were found in his burn barrel. That is something you don't hear on, on making a murder, as well as the forensic matchup of the bullet. Also was Stephen Avery's DNA on uh, the hood latch to the hood of Teresa's RAV4. Uh, the battery had been disconnected on that vehicle when it was found, and obviously the hood had to be open for that to be done, and Stephen Avery's DNA is there. The license plates were taken off of the RAV4, and those were found thrown in a junk vehicle just down the road from Stephen Avery's uh, trailer. So as you can see, there, there's quite a bit of physical, scientific physical evidence that pointed toward Stephen Avery and no one else. John Lee, I've gone over and over the physical evidence. I know that Dassey confessed to his mother, his cousin, and others. I mean, he would already be up for parole right now if he had taken a deal that Kaczynski, the first lawyer, was trying to get for him. But instead, his defense lawyers put, new defense lawyers, put him on the stand with this unbelievable defense. What about the evidence, John Lee? And, and tell us everything makes you believe that Dassey and then Avery, in fact, raped and murdered her. On uh, Dassey, briefly, it's the forensic evidence. There's so much of it. Um, on Dassey, people forget that Dassey had information that the, uh, the investigators did not have at that time. They looked at the hood latch. They looked at the garage. They picked up his blue jeans after some of his statements. Um, and they did not berate him or threaten him or anything. If, if anybody looks at all of these confessions that were entered into evidence and 18 months worth of hearings before the trial, they would see that if anything, Tom Fossbender and Mark Wiegert treated Brendan with kid gloves. They did not threaten or anything else. Um, if somebody tells me, you know, the truth will set you free, I don't think that is a threat. If you confess, you can sleep tonight, Brendan. If he wasn't sold down the river by his grandparents, he'd be looking at parole pretty quick. Um, he would have 10 years of his sentence in already. And, uh, you know, there's jailhouse recordings and everything else on the threats from, from uh, Avery and from his dad and other people. The, um, the evidence as it built was just overwhelming against him. And we went through this for 20 months. Um, and then making a murderer comes out. The first week in Michigan, before Dassey, well, well before Dassey and before Avery was arrested, when the uh, Associated Press and uh, Milwaukee and Chicago TV stations asked me who these two women were, 
I would tell them that's the, that's the uh, Avery PR firm. And I said that was week one. During the entire trials, they arrived for trial with Avery's. They left for Avery's and had uh, with Avery's and had lunch. They left with them at the end. Um, they were joined at the hip, and it was pretty obvious to see where this was going from day one. Listen to this. I'm just gonna revisit one thing when you're in the bedroom and in, and you cut her throat. Previously, you said that you thought she was alive. Is that still your thought on that? Yeah. And why was that? Because she was breathing a little bit. She was like trying to, not trying to breathe as hard as she could from screaming, screaming a lot. She was screaming a lot or wasn't? She was. When you cut her throat, was she screaming? Uh-uh. Oh. When you, you cut, cut her throat? Because when you scream a lot, you like, your, your breathing goes up or something. Well, explain that a little bit. You said she was screaming a lot. When was she screaming a lot? Like, while you were doing it, after you did it, before you did it? Before. When you cut her throat, what was she doing, if anything? Like, screaming for help and crying. I want to I wanna get that straight. She was screaming for help and crying when you cut her throat? Yeah. When did Stephen choke her, or strangle her? Like a little bit after that. Well, let's let's just go back a little bit, okay? Tell us what exactly happened to her. What order it happened in? You said there were basically three things prior to you guys shooting her. Explain those in, in the order that it happened. Starting with when we got in the room. Okay. Yeah, what what you guys did to her. We had sex with her. Okay. Then he stabbed her. And who stabbed her? He did. Who's he? Steven. Okay. And then what? Then I cut her throat. Okay. And he choked her and I cut off her hair. Okay. So he choked her after you cut her throat? The issue, I think the answer to that question is simple. It's the confession. And that's what's at the heart of this appeal. And if you read the dissenting opinion, it was a 4-3 decision. It was extremely close. So if you read the dissenting opinion, they raise one point that's critical, which is that the state court in Wisconsin did not take into account Stephen Avery's age as a juvenile and his diminished mental capacity. So if the U.S. Supreme Court thinks that that's important enough, They'll take it, and it's the confession that caught, particularly of Brendan Dassey, that caught everyone's attention because of the length, because of the 20 questions that the detectives played with him that game, giving him answers throughout, feeding him, feeding him the answers, telling him things that, you know, the truth will set him free, and convincing him over time that this is what he was supposed to say. That caught everyone's attention. 
And I think that's at the heart of it. The question is a technical one, whether the Supreme Court's going to want to hear that or not. And sometimes, you know, the Supreme Court with their Ivy League background, they like to keep their noses in the air, the ivory cloud. They may not want to get down in the dirt, but everyone else knows that that confession stinks. <laughs> Detective Tom Fassbender, I'd like to hear your response to Vinu Varghese. Uh, again, there was me- many uh, denials. There were many occasions where nothing was said to him during that particular interview. Plus, you have to look at the whole picture. He was talked to two, four, four or five times prior to that particular interview, not necessarily by myself, where he made, he, it was extremely evident that he was knowingly lying, that he was protect, trying to protect Stephen, and that something serious was bothering him. And so law enforcement went back to him because there was some concern and a belief that he had witnessed something horrible. Not that he had partake, you know, that he had partaken in anything horrible, but that he had witnessed something horrible. So we were talking to him about that. We received information from a cousin and from the school that something was bothering him and he was making uh, statements. So going into the interview in question, again, it was an interview of what we felt was a witness until he began making admissions that, that were, were tying him to his involvement in this horrible crime. If you look at the totality uh, of all the times that Brendan was interviewed, Tom and Mark Weger did not threaten him or berate him. They did not put him under hot white lights and, and withhold food. But that's, and that's not the issue. That's not the issue. This is video again. The, the issue the where issue, they fed him answers of whether a person who's saying, a juvenile can, was, was treated properly. It's, there's nobody saying that the detectives beat this kid. No one is saying that. But that's not the issue. It's the issue of whether when you deal with the juvenile and whether you have somebody who's in a diminished mental capacity, whether feeding him answers is proper. And, and if the Supreme number, Court says that this is a question of law, they will hear it. Number one, the issue is, number one, the issue is coercion. And he was not that's coerced. correct. They did not. Yeah. They, coercion can take many forms, sir. Coercion can take many forms. And also, don't put this guy up like he's a 60 IQ. He was in mainly mainstream classes at Michigan High School. I, I he had some special ed classes. Uh, you know, coercion, coercion is the issue. Agreed. I think Emma. And it's I think been that litigated. Emma, um, editing is the issue, to be honest. I think that the way they edited Brennan's confession, they showed 10 minutes probably 10 hours of statements and interviews and cherry-picked exactly what they wanted you to see. That's the issue, is how they portrayed his confession, how they portrayed everything else in their film. And that's why the public's so outraged, because when you look at that confession, what they showed on Making a Murder, my heart was broken. I wanted Brendan to be free. And I think Brendan is a much different situation than Stephen. I think Brendan would have never done anything like this on his own. But to say Brendan was com- completely coerced and fed the answers when he knew he, there was information that he liked them to. So I, I completely disagree with that part of it. And I just wanted to say that because I think that it's very much unfair what the edit or the filmmakers did. And John's right. They were advocates for Stephen Avery. They, they had phone calls with Stephen Avery. They were his buddy. So for them to say that they were not looking for 
uh, they were out for criminal justice reform, then tell a true story. Don't don't embellish it. Don't omit. Don't splice. And don't cut out important parts of the prosecution's side. Let people make their own decision and show a true story, not their story, not their forced narrative. That's how I feel about how people were confused by this film. Also, if I'm on yet, um, also, if somebody wants a quick, concrete example of creative editing uh, without looking at 10 hours of interviews and comparing them to the short ones that were shown in Making a Murderer, look at some of the graphic examples in Ken Kratz's book on how that was edited from the testimony, from the transcripts, compared to what was in Making a Murderer. Um, you know, it was a hack job, and it ruined people's lives. Uh, I still feel sorry for Ken Kratz for what happened to him on different things. But the whole thing is, people have to remember, this is not about Brendan Dassey's capacity. Somewhere, people have to remember, this is about Teresa Halbach and what happened to her. Well, actually, it, it, is, it, is about, it is about Brendan. It's about whether a juvenile received justice, whether he was given due process under the law. Those are the legal issues. You're raising those an issue of whether... Those, are, those all were addressed in his appeals, and they were turned down. His, everything well, actually, came up in these appeals. The same exact thing. Right? And it was rejected it just this, two weeks ago. So, Oh, I'm sorry, a week ago. And this is the issue that's going to be raised to the Supreme Court. I mean, it was a very right. close decision. It was a 4 if 3 they split. If yeah, they and what I'm saying, it, and, I, and that's a long shot. And I'll be the first one to tell you that. That's a long shot. But what I'm saying yeah, is, if the court wants to get it, the head, its head out of the clouds and actually look at this, it's a question of whether the police should be able to interrogate juveniles and those with limited mental capacities and use their read technique, which is a technique the detective used, and use that on that's juveniles. That's changing law. That's changing law. You know that's not possible at the Supreme Court level. They're asking to change law. Our program today would not be possible without our partners. I really can't thank you enough for joining us. And I can't thank our partners enough for making our program possible. And I want to thank this partner. That means a lot to me, Link AKC. Now, you know, I love my pets. And currently in our house right now, we have six pets and Lucy's threatening to get another guinea pig. Okay. You know, guinea pigs, they do nothing but eat and poop and sit there and be cute all day. But I have a dog, my little mutt, fat boy. And if you're like me, you don't want to leave your pet out of the holiday fun. The so-called must-have gift for dogs and their owners is the Link AKC Smart Collar. It's backed by the American Kennel Club. The Link AKC Collar, catch this, is a GPS locator, a fitness tracker, and it's all rolled into a smartphone app with an LED light and temperature sensor. Now, the part I like is the GPS locator. Because when I'm busy on Sirius XM 132 or driving around town with the twins as their chauffeur, you know what? I don't have to worry. It's Fat Boy running up and down the street. Did somebody put him in their car as he somehow ended up in the puppy penitentiary at the pound? Because guess what? I can see exactly where Fat Boy, a.k.a. street name Nitro, is right on my phone app. It's total peace of mind. Now, listen to this. 
there's a wellness and activity tracker for your dog. It doesn't matter how old or fit your dog is, whether it's a pure breed or a little mutt like mine from a rescue. Link AKC shows the exact amount of activity every dog needs. It's so easy to set up. Sizes for every dog, super comfy and Fat Boy's very handsome in his Link AKC collar. You can see Fat Boy, street name Nitro, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Keep your dog safe, happy, healthy. Try Link AKC 90 days. Perfect gift for you and your puppy. Plus, now, save 30% and free shipping on your order if you use code NANCY, N-A-N-C-Y, at LinkAKC.com. LinkAKC.com, code NANCY. Save 30% off and free shipping. You're not going to get that at the pet store, people. LinkAKC.com, code NANCY. LinkAKC, thank you for being our partner here today. Detective Tom Fassbender, Brenda working on the case, John Lee from the Post-Crescent, and Venu Van Geese. Thank you to all of you listening. We are not letting up on the Teresa Hallback case. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zin 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, 
for being our partner.